Have you ever thought it would be amazing to take a portrait of your own face and put it on the wall in giant scale in fabric? Okay, well, me neither. But we know that portrait quilts of other people and grandchildren and pets and historical figures are very popular because we see variations of them at every quilt show. Today, we're talking all about portraits. Welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Hey, Quilt Crew, I'm Brandy Maslowski, a firefighter turned quilt teacher, speaker, and author of children's picture book, Christie's Quilt. I created the Quilter on Fire podcast to build a community of quilters that I love. This is my happy place being surrounded by you. One podcast episode at a time, I'm here learning and loving quilting right alongside you. Welcome to episode 26 of the Quilter on Fire podcast. I'm so excited to get started on this podcast today because I'm interviewing my dear friend Val Wilson. I've known Val Wilson for over a decade and often been up to my elbows with fabric dyeing and flower resist paste in her studio. Oh, how she had the patience to put up with me, I have no idea. I had the joy of working with Val on a Fiber Art Network challenge several years ago. We had to partner up and one quilter, Val, was to make a fabric portrait and her challenge partner, me, was to make an abstract version of that art piece. I was so impressed with the vibrant color palette, intricate detail of the cut applique and the incredible stitching on her 1950s car portrait that it was easy to be inspired to create a partner piece. Working with her was a breeze and it was one of my favorite challenges to this day. So today we'll be talking about photo to fiber art portraits and Val's new book. So here's her story. Val Wilson, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's exciting to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And it's always such a pleasure to have someone who is a dear friend of mine in the first place on the show. So I like to start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about your quilting story. How did you get started with stitching? Well, my grandmother um, made those wonderful scrappy quilts and the very soft florals and that kind of thing. And I sort of always wanted to make a quilt. Of course, never quite got around to it. My girlfriend uh, was a quilter, so she talked me into getting going, and we did a number of uh, the block of the month kind of quilts. And I decided as much as I loved those, I really didn't want to make them, I wanted to make pictures in fabric. So that was the start mm -hmm. of my art quilting career. So how long have you been quilting for? Was it in your teens, 20s, 30s? When did you start? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it was 2004, I started quilting. And then in 2006, I started doing art quilts. So you made this sort of transition because you gravitated toward it. But you mentioned your friend helped you sort of get into quilting in right. the first place. So mm -hmm. who was she and, and, you know, what kind of fun did you have with her? We had a lot of fun. Uh, her name is Ricky Chestnut. And we get together once a week to do whatever. Uh, but quite often at that point, it was quilting. And so we'd uh, go down to her basement and we'd get on our sewing machines and sew up a storm. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of chit chat and a lot of playing with fabric. I mean, how perfect. Yeah, you get a lot done when you have a partner, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Ricky. I know Ricky, too. Mm -hmm. And I love her. Please do say hello to her. I will. We haven't seen her in quite some time. Um, so tell us, where do you live in the world? I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba on the very flat prairie. 
Yeah. So lots of time over the winters to get lots of quilting done, right? <laughs> yeah. You kind of hibernate in the winter. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so excited about today's podcast because it is all about portraits. Mm-hmm. So when did portraits become a real thing for you? I know that you gravitated towards art quilting, yeah. but when did it become, okay, portraits is my thing? Hmm. Be a couple of years after that. I belong to a group called the Fiber Art Networks. It's Western Canadian Fiber Artists. And okay. they will have an annual get together every year. And at this one, um, we were driving out to the location. And um, the woman who was driving started talking about this particular quilt that uh, a friend of hers had made. And I said, well, I know that quilt too. And we were kind of this whole association thing. And she said, well, I'm part of a group that Marilyn is a part of. And so it went from there. They in, invited me to join them, which was quite wonderful. And um, mm. I took a lot of uh, courses at Quilt University, which was an online uh, art quilting, well, actually anything for quilting program. And yeah. uh, we kind of, the two meshed very well. So I, once I got into portraits, I just, got really fascinated by them and that's uh, kind of what I wanted to do. Uh, Further down the road, uh, this group got together in Edmonton uh, one year and we were out on the nice sunny deck and somebody raised the question of, do you have a theme for your port, for what you want to do in your artwork? And I, well, no, I don't think I do, but, you know, I started describing this one photograph, um, which was my first big uh, portrait quilt. Called, now called French Wonder, but it was these uh, fellow with a motorcycle. And uh, I kept, my arms are going and I'm getting all excited. And I thought, oh, okay, actually, I think I do have a direction I want to go. I think I want <laughs> yeah. to work on these, from these vintage photographs. I'm really interested in the people. Yeah. Tell us more about the photos. So you, your art literally looks like a photo on the wall. So they're vintage. <laughs> yeah. They're vintage and sometimes they're black and white or sort of that. What's that called? Sepia. It's that brown scale. Yeah, yeah tones. it's so gorgeous. Yeah. Sepia tones. Yeah. So where do you find the photos in the first place? Well, anytime I like uh, secondhand stores and antique stores, um, love wandering in them and seeing what neat things they've got. So I always look to see if they've got photographs. And then I look for photographs that have uh, something interesting in them that might be uh, the stance that the person has or the clothing they're wearing or something about that combination of things in the photograph that really piques my interest. And then I mm-hmm. go and research that, uh, try and figure out what era that was and then research that era and look at it. So I have a whole sort of background uh, in my mind of what would that person have um their life might have been like at that point and what were some of the colors and that kind of thing. So it's fun working from black and white. (laughs) It sounds like so much fun. And do you ever use any photos like of your family ancestry or anything like that? I've done one of my um, maternal grandmother and that's the only one I've done a family. Quite often that's a common question is, are these people you know? Yeah. And no, they aren't. It's people I bring to life uh, that were maybe otherwise unknown Yeah, that's really cool. And so as far as composition kind of thing, what do you look for in a photo? Like, does it matter if it's a side view or front on facial view or what do you look for? Uh, Interesting question, because I tend to pick ones that have uh, face front. Um, I think because you can see more of the expression. 
uh, is probably the appeal there. Yeah, that's so cool. And you, you sort of just, I mean, you need, obviously you need to have a little bit of interest, but mm -hmm. do you just see the photo and you think, oh my goodness, yes, this is what I need to do. Like uh, this lady behind me, um, mm -hmm. in the original photograph, uh, she had flowers in her hair and her dress, but she had flowers right on top of her top knot there and oh. really looked quite strange, actually. <laughs> a little bit of a clown look. And I thought, you know, she so deserves to look more elegant than that. And when yeah. researching uh, the outfit and so on, found out it was a debutante's dress from the early 1900s. Oh, wow. And so I made her look a little more sophisticated. And I just loved the look of her face, uh, the look that she had. Yeah, she's beautiful. Okay, so you have the nine steps to creating a portrait listed mm -hmm. out on your website. I so do. I'm just going to mention your website here. So it's ValerieWilsonArtist.com. So that's V-A-L-E-R-I-E wilsonartist.com it's under the tab creating a fabric portrait but can you give us a general idea of just walk us a little bit through the process of creating a portrait well the first and very critical thing is choosing a good photograph um, even though i'm using old ones i'm still looking for uh, really good clarity because you're going to want to enlarge it um, Mm -hmm. So you want it to be quite clear. Um, you need to then somehow bring out the values in um, the photographs so that you can work with those. So you have to have an understanding of values and um, how do you bring that out in a photograph. Then you're creating your pattern. You're looking at placing your skin tone fabrics uh, such so that they blend well so that you don't get any jarring transitions. And that's what gives it that painterly look. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you're adding uh, detail with stitching or with inks or whatever, and then on to quilting the whole thing. So that's kind of a quick synopsis. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And you'll learn all of that in your course mm -hmm. and in your book. But be, so, and we're also going to talk about FAN, the Fiber Art Network a little bit. But mm -hmm. before we get into all that, I, I want to ask you a quick uh, question about shows, because mm -hmm. I know that you've been in multiple shows. So what kind of shows have you had and what kind of things have you put along on display, like in Manitoba or wherever? Have there been any highlights? I've, I've had a number, a number of exhibitions, um, some solo shows, as well as some group shows. Uh, the most recent uh, solo show was at the uh, Portage La Prairie Art Gallery. And that was fun because um, you could go around um, at the reception we had, you could go around, and you could hear people talking about what they remembered um, about the era or something that uh, tweaked their interest in the portrait. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so great. It's kind of like every artist's dream to have their first solo show. So let's go back to your first solo show. Was it in Selkirk? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Where was your first yeah, solo, first solo show? show was in uh, Selkirk, Manitoba. Oh, that's so great. And so how did you manage to uh, approach the gallery or, you know, how did that come about? It must have been so <laughs> exciting for, for you to hear them say, yes, let's do this for the first time. Uh, it's uh, the Selkirk Gallery, uh, Gwen Fox Gallery, actually, is the name is a cooperative. So you pay a minimal amount every year to be part of the cooperative. And that gives you the opportunity to submit ideas for um, shows. And I was really lucky because now they only do group shows. They don't do solo shows. Oh, that's great. Um, so I was very lucky. I put in a, a submission and they accepted it, which was very exciting. Of course, then yeah. you have to get everything ready. And <laughs> Yeah, you're like, do I actually have exactly what I thought I had? Yeah, and you have to exactly, get it ready, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I'm so glad you got that opportunity before they changed over from having solo shows. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about FAN. You are a longtime member of FAN. In fact, you're the membership coordinator, right? Um, So what kind of things do you do with with FAN? What kind of challenges do you do? Uh, Well, we have an incredible uh, monthly newsletter, which is just jam-packed full of information. Uh, When Mm -hmm. I started way back when, there wasn't much of a newsletter. There wasn't a lot of uh, communication uh, with other members. And I was one of two members in Manitoba. And we're now up to, I think about um, 20 or 30 members in Manitoba. So it's really growing. The newsletter is really great. We have the once a year, we now call it a conference, uh, which again Mm -hmm. is educational sessions and lots of time to get together with other people and hear about their artwork. And it just so stimulating. And then throughout the year, if you're interested, they have uh, different exhibitions that you can enter. And I just uh, put in a couple of pieces for one called Chromatopia, which was uh, rather fun. Yeah, and they they vary, right? Like, mm-hmm. so sometimes you you hear the challenge, you're like, oh yeah, that is exactly what I want to do. And it's kind of easy, actually. And then sometimes you get a Chromatopia, <laughs> which is a little more difficult. So tell us about the challenge for that one. <laughs> The idea behind Chromatopia was they would send you two paint chips with two different colors. You were to make two pieces, one in each color, and you had to only use the colors that were on those paint chips. You could go lighter or darker, but no white, no black, no other colors. It was very much a challenge. I got a yellow orange and a very true green, and I swear nothing is made in that shade of green. So it was trying to figure out how do I create this green in the first place and then how do I do values of it to create something that looks half decent so I did um, ended up doing a mach- something different for me a mis- machine stitched outline for a portrait so it was just the lines mm. of the face and so on and then a hand stitched version for the other color oh I can't so wait to see those two little babies <laughs> yeah they're cute I didn't do that challenge, but I am a member and I'm the latest one that I'm going to do is for the birds. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I have about a month left. <laughs> I've got to get going on <laughs> that. Uh, if you just want to go check out the fan website, it's for Western Canada. So it's kind of like for Manitoba West. If you're a fiber artist or an art quilter and you're interested, um, you can go look at the website and there's all kinds of gorgeous stuff on there. So, yeah. so we'll just leave it at that. It's a yeah. great place to go and check out some amazing fiber art. So Let's talk a little bit about what you call yourself as a quilter. Are you a fiber <laughs> artist, an art quilter? What kind of quilter are you? Uh, it kind of depends on who I'm talking to. I've gotten into the habit of saying fiber artist. Um, I used to say art quilter. And mm-hmm. the problem with that was immediately I said art quilter. Everybody would be telling me about the quilts that um, their grandmother made. Um, so yeah. it was kind of like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. These hang on the wall. So uh, kind of shifted to saying fiber artist to be hopefully a little clearer. So tell us about your most memorable quilt. You've had a few that have garnered a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. So tell us about, you know, Rupert and the girl with the pearl earring and French Wonder. I want to hear about those ones. Um, I did this one where there were two um, gentlemen standing very posed for the portrait. And um, I liked the difference between the two of them. 
Uh, one guy, tall and skinny with a very bushy mustache, and the other guy sort of short and chunky and looking much more polished. But they're both standing there holding their hats. And I called it Rupert and his brother waiting for Gladys. And uh, it was juried into Quilt Canada one year. And it sold uh, to a fellow in Ontario. And he was nice enough to send me a picture of it hanging in his front foyer. And it just oh, looked perfect. So <laughs> it really fit with the house. It was really wonderful to see. So that was an exciting one. I also want to mention that that one was on the cover of something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on the cover of the Quilt Canada show booklet for that year. Yeah, that's a prestigious little thing. Like every single quilter who's a member of that organization gets that. So that's great. Um, so tell us about the girl with the pearl earring. The girl with the pearl earring um, came about uh, because I was asked to do a basic portraits class. Uh, something that for people who were maybe would want to do a portrait but were very uncertain about their skills and so on. So we called it Introduction to Portraits. And so we were looking around for what would be a nice um, standard uh, portrait that people could do. And we decided on the girl with the pearl earring. And so I created that pattern and created the portrait and taught that in that class. So that's how that one came about. Yeah, and that one's beautiful. And what about French Wonder? Yeah, that's the, the man with the, uh, yeah, I thought it was standing there with this bicycle, but I was informed that that was a motorcycle. <laughs> so, and then I found out that, yes, when I researched it, uh, it was a 1904 Clamont motorcycle made in France. And the outfit he had on was actually something specially designed uh, for motorcycle riders or motorized bicycles of the time. And I did that one all in sepia tones. And uh, that came about because I was down visiting my friend down in the States. And she took us to this wonderful little quilt shop in the middle of nowhere. I swear there was like 10 houses in the village <laughs> and this huge quilt shop that served the area. And they had this fabric that gradated from uh, really dark on one side through to really light on the other side. So there were five values across the width of the fabric. So I bought oh. several yards of it uh, because finding the values like that would be so difficult otherwise. And it had yeah. just a lovely yeah. subtle little texture in it, which added interest. And that, uh, that became my first full size portrait. I still love that one. <laughs> I, when I saw that for the first time, I was astonished. I was like thinking to myself, did she dye every bit of that fabric? Where did you find it? Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could, you actually could, could die in mm -hmm. tones, but yeah, that would take forever. So that one is gorgeous. So tell us in your quilting world, what brings you the most joy? When are you really in your zone? When I'm actually working on one of the portraits, I've chosen a new one. Um, I get so excited about it. And then actually seeing, as you put the pieces of fabric on, seeing the person come to life is the most exciting moment. It's really, really wonderful. Yeah, especially after you've done all that research and you know what it's all about and you kind of feel like it's becoming a real thing, right? Right, exactly. Real person. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And do you have another career with quilting on the side or are you a full-time quilter and you made a transition from another job? I'm now a full-time quilter. What did you do for a living before in your past life? Oh my goodness, lots of different things. I've so had many things. Very varied career. I was a physiotherapist, um, and then I was a lecturer at the university in physiotherapy, and uh, I became uh, went 
back to university, finished up a master's in health education. And then I took on a job as the director of a day hospital, geriatric assessment and rehab unit. Uh, then I started my own business in architectural antiques, anything for your old house, uh, taught courses relating to what to do with your old house once you've got it. Um, did that for a number of years, then trans sold the business, transitioned into being a fabric rep, selling fabric to designers and upholsterers, and then mm. went back to manage the company that I had sold. It had sold again, and the new owner uh, needed it built up again. Uh, so I did that for a number of years and ended up working in two different, after that, hand embroidery stores, which was a lot of fun too. Oh, so we can see the transition into the handcrafts. Yeah. Right. Okay, now we're going to take a short break for a note from our sponsor, and then we'll come right back and talk about Val's new book, her portrait courses, and her Fabric Faces group on Facebook. Here's a word from Northcott. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Boutiques, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. Now back to my guest, Val, we know that quilters have a love for portraits because we see variations of them in every <laughs> quilt show. So let's get into the courses you offer first, and then we'll talk about this exciting new book. So let's start off with Smiles and Pearly Whites. What's that course all about? That's a little mini course I created um, on polling the people in the Fabric Faces group. It turned out that some of them, uh, they'd already started doing portraits, but what they needed was specific information on specific areas. So one of the areas was mouths and teeth and how to get those to look realistic, not garish. That's such a cute name too. So how did you come up with that name? <laughs> Again, I put out some ideas and pulled the group and said, what would you call this course? <clears throat> Rather than mouths and teeth, which sounded really boring. So they, the most popular one was Smiles and Pearly Whites. So that became the name of the course. Oh, that's so great. And so what did they learn in that one? That's all about the mouth area, how to get your lips looking right, how to do the teeth um, so that yeah. they have a subtle look to them. Um, you don't look like fangs. <laughs> that kind of a thing. little monster mouth on your beautiful monster portrait, mouth. right? Uh, people are very, um, very afraid of doing the teeth they think they'll ruin them and it really isn't that difficult so this was to kind of say okay this is how you observe the mouth on your portrait this is how you do the teeth yeah so you get into all those uh, details of how to make it a lot easier for themselves yeah and another area that people are a little nervous about is the eyes so mm -hmm. tell us about mini course number two the eyes have it this was looking obviously at the eye area. So eyes and eyebrows and how best to do those. And again, it was back to um, the start of the course is really focusing on observational skills because as humans, we have a tendency to draw what we think we see rather than what is actually there. So it was that, okay, look at what is actually on your photograph and get that shape yeah. right and do they line up and if they're tilted do they both tilt the same if the head's tilted do they both tilt the same way that kind of thing uh, but also how to do all the detail stitching and how to actually add um, the detail that brings them to life 
Yeah, that's actually really fascinating. So if they break down the portrait and they're mm -hmm. doing all the pieces and they're just letting go of what they think it should look mm -hmm. like and assembling things as they actually are in the photo, yeah. I bet you they'll always be astonished at how it turns out when they step back and they see what yeah. they've put on the page, right? That's incredible. Okay, so let's let's take a look at the third mini course called, is it posterizing? Yeah. So tell us what that is. What's posterizing? Posterizing is kind of a... I guess that photo program name for how do you bring out the values uh, from light to dark in a photograph. And usually you're working with kind of a sliding scale so that you can go way down or way up. And you're looking at getting approximately five values is what I work with in a, a portrait, because I find that gives you a nice balance. Um, and also you don't end up with such tiny little pieces that you're driving yourself nuts. So it's yeah. teaching people what to look for when they're posterizing. Uh, because yeah, you can posterize a photo really easily, but it's what do you look for? What shapes do you look for in the face that are going to give you the best look when you create your pattern? Yeah. And when you posterize something, it doesn't become like square and pixelated. It just mm -hmm. kind of separates the values for yeah. you, right? Yeah. You do lose okay. some detail. And that's something I always uh, emphasize to people is that you are going to lose some detail. So you go back to your original photo for the detail. You look at the posterized version for the values that you need. Yeah. Now let's talk about your main course. So this is the big deal. That's my facial dream. expressions. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the one. So describe this and you know, how to join the Facebook group and everything. Let's, okay. let's talk about facial expressions. Facial expressions. Uh, is my full portraits class. And I travel teach to do this one, but I had a number of people who were asking, well, it's never, uh, I'm not there or it's not a convenient time for me kind of thing. So I decided to go online and I've been doing it online for a number of years. And it's evolved into an eight week course. Uh, people have access to the whole course as soon as they sign up. And then I have a private Facebook group so I'm constantly checking in with them um, to see how they're doing, to help them with any problems they might be running into. Uh, there's videos and notes in the course, and they can go back through those as many times as they like. Um, the reason I made it eight weeks is because inevitably life happens, something happens, and you have to take a bit of time out to do other things, but you can still easily uh, get a portrait done. In fact, I had the last one, I had an overachiever, super achiever, uh, who did three portraits. I've never had anybody wow. do three portraits. Occasionally, rarely two, but three? No. Yeah. <laughs> and she did a fabulous. Oh, so she really loved it. She really loved it. And you could see her technique evolving. Because the first one you yeah. do is not your best. Um, because you're learning yeah. the technique. So take the stress yeah. off yourself learn the technique, and then on your next one, do the one that you really want to do. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Facebook group. Um, so in the Facebook group, you go on once in a while to just sort of give updates and support people. I have two groups. One is to go with the course. Um, so that's okay. specifically for people who are in the course. Um, or okay. um, I also offer the option of staying on after and so for a nominal amount per month, they can stay on in the group and continue to get support and encouragement. The other one is called okay. Fabric Faces, and that's open to anyone. 
who's okay. interested in uh, making fabric portraits. And I've got some uh, freebies in the files there that can help get people started. And then there's a bunch of other uh, really interesting people in the group who are doing portraits and you can see what they're doing. Okay, great. So say the name of that free Facebook group again. That's Fabric Faces. Fabric Faces. And I usually do lives once a week as well on some topic. So. Oh, great. So that's the place to go if you want to just check it out. Yeah. And of course, if you join Fabric Faces, the Facebook group, then you'll hear when the next round of the course is yeah. launched, right? For sure. Okay, great. And you have all kinds of other courses on your website as well. So people can go there and look that up. But what kind of other courses will you offer once we're back to teaching in person again? Obviously, the facial expressions course is an in-person course, but I've also got people in nature, which is kind of a twist on landscapes, uh, where you maybe have somebody walking or something like that. So you're doing very simplified figures. I do fabric dyeing. I do two levels, uh, beginner fabric dyeing and a more advanced level with some specialized techniques. Uh, I've got a little one-day course for beginning art quilters who maybe like to do an art quilt, but really, again, aren't sure about it. It's called Bokehlicious. It's a really simple little art quilting class where you create a bouquet of flowers in a vase on a table kind of thing. And that's quite fun. And I also teach one on finishing techniques. So borders and facings and binding. The other lecture that I quite often do is on, and I'm going to be doing this one for Quilt Canada this year, is right. um, show perfect photographing your quilts. I've done my own photography and had it accepted in by Art Quilting Studio magazine for a feature article they did on me. So it was very exciting. So I want to show other people how they can too, can take their own photographs of their quilts at home with minimal equipment and get really good photographs. Yeah, that's such a great idea because so many people are, you know, as quilters are dreaming to enter their first mm -hmm. show. So it's a great idea to know how to photograph your quilt properly. Yeah. So your lecture called Show Perfect, Photographing Your Quilts, will be happening in June at Quilt Canada. So if you're signed up for Quilt Canada now, you can go and sign up for this lecture. It's going to be taking place on June 18th at 11.15. But Val, tell us about your trunk show. What's that all about? It's kind of a start from where did I start with traditional quilts through to what am I doing now? So I have lots of um, not only the finished quilts uh, shown, but I have, um, if I'm doing virtually, I have the in process photos as well. So you can see some of the process of how I created them. So it's kind of like your quilter's journey from mm -hmm. quilting yeah. traditionally to art quilter or fiber artist. So everyone, you can find that all on her website. So that's ValerieWilsonArtist.com. And I've been waiting. This has been my, this has been the thing I'm looking forward to the most. I'm really excited about the news about your new book. So what is your book called and how did that come about? It's called Quilted Faces, an Introduction to Fabric Portraits. And that's where the girl with the pearl earring kind of comes back in is I took that intro course and I actually um, turned it into a book, which was a very exciting process, quite lengthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of work, but so exciting when you actually get to hold the real book in your hands. It's just like, oh, I did this. <laughs> this yeah, book, finally. It's so exciting. So tell us a little bit about working with an editor. What was that like for the first time? I worked with uh, Clara Rose from Rosedale Publishing. And it was wonderful. 
Um, she has a sort of a beginner brainstorm blueprint, she calls it a basic course on how do you lay out your book? How do you even go from idea to um, thinking about writing a book? And then I worked, I took, um, purchased the additional editorial component so that she helped me. Um, we met every two weeks and I had a goal that I had to reach by <laughs> each two weeks to keep me on track so that I was making progressions. And she'd proofread it and she'd make suggestions. And because she was a beginning quilter uh, who was interested in possibly doing a portrait, she was uh, working through it at the same time as I was writing it. So that was excellent because it gave me that different perspective from a real beginner's point of view, because you kind of forget about that after a while. Um, so I think it worked out really well. Yeah, that's so great. So if there was a point in the book where you were just, you know, naturally kind of advanced in your processes, she could come back to you and say, wait a minute, I'm a beginner and I didn't get that. Can you explain it further? Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. great. So can you give us a little walkthrough of this book? I want to know what it's all about. And if people are interested in it, they give us a sneak peek. Well, I'll start out with um, the supply list and I give you detail on why am I asking for uh, these particular items for creating your portrait. There's a section on values. Um, so if you haven't taken my values challenge ever, uh, there's the whole values challenge. You can work through it on your own because you really need to have an understanding of values before you go into selecting your fabrics for the portrait because values mm -hmm. are the critical thing much more so than color when you're doing uh, portraits. Then we go on to, okay, how do you use the pattern I have provided? And then uh, placing the fabrics how do you stitch to add detail and then the quilting of the portrait? So it's kind of the complete package, but you're doing that girl with the pearl earring. So everybody's doing the same portrait. I have a kit that goes along with that that gives some of the essential tools plus the enlarged pattern. So the pattern's already the right size for you to use. Yeah, and the kit is so great because it has those facial fabrics that are hard yeah. to find. Yeah, so that oh, that's so eliminates great. some of the stress of having to try and find fabrics for that very first portrait. What this does is gives people a taste of what is creating a portrait like? Do I like this process or not? And then they can go on uh, to looking at maybe the more advanced course where they choose their own photograph. They have to create their own pattern, choose their own values, so on. Yeah, and you've been doing portraits, making portraits for quite some time, and you've been teaching it for a while. So I really think this book is a really good way to take a little bit of the fear out of it because everyone's doing the same thing. It's simplified mm -hmm. and it's step-by-step -step process. So what was it like to have that first proof of the actual book in your hand when it was kind of like, I'm done? Incredibly exciting. <laughs> I bet. It's a long road and you sort of like oh, I can actually look through it and see. <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just quite an amazing feeling to think, oh, well, you know, I actually I'm a published author. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. And of course, we need to tell everyone, where can we get the book? You can get it on Amazon, um, whether that's .com, .ca or various other uh, countries throughout. Uh, you'll find it. And I, because I'm your friend, I know that you're already dreaming about book number two. Now, I know you don't want to go into any detail or give it all away, but can you give us a glimpse into what you're thinking of for your next book? Well, I've already signed up for the editorial assistance for this one. We have no idea what we're going to call it yet, uh, but basically it would be taking my complete portraits course 
and putting that into book form because I find that um, even though people have access to the course materials for a long time, it's really nice. Uh, I'm a book person. I like to have that book in front of me so I can have it right beside me and be looking through it as I'm working on it. Or I can refer back things easily. So, Okay, now I have to pull something out that you mentioned briefly that I haven't asked you about yet. And that was your values challenge. So you've done that a few times. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be doing that again? I do. I do it about uh, four times a year. And it's a five day challenge. Do they just go onto your Facebook group if they want to hear when that's coming up next? Yeah, there or on my Facebook page. Okay, now everyone knows that I love to do the lightning round robin with all of my guests. It's a series of rapid fire questions and it's super fun. So Val, are you ready? Sure. Okay, so what is your favorite portrait that you've ever created? I think it's got to be French Wonder uh, because that was the first big one that I did and it's so detailed. Uh, that by far, still my husband's favorite. <laughs> Okay, and in your quilting world, who would you love to meet? I would like to, and I actually almost did have a course with Denise Labadie, and she does, if you've ever looked at, um, she does all kinds of um, the ruins of Ireland kind of thing, and oh. it's learning about all the different techniques that she uses to uh, create the fabric she uses for her pieces. They're just stunning. And uh, I had a course, but of course, because of COVID, it got canceled. So. Oh, hopefully you'll meet her in the future. Okay. And what is your favorite notion? Um, I have these little curved tip snips. They've just got tiny little curved blades and they're fabulous. If you have odd little stray hairs sticking out when you do a raw edge applique, they're really perfect. Okay. And what color do you choose most often when quilting? I used to choose a lot of blue. Uh, because blue is one of my favorite colors. And now I use any color. It's whatever color works for this composition. Uh, I just love color. Okay. And do you have any little furry friends in your studio? Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a black and white cat named Noelle. Uh, and she loves to be in the midst of things and quite often lying on top of my fabrics, which is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> as soon as she sees you lay something out on the table she believes it's hers right oh exactly yeah I actually made her a little mat it was uh, one of the leftovers from practicing free motion quilting and I put that out yeah. and tried to encourage her to sit on that instead Ah, <laughs> <laughs> and she but she knows better right she's mm -hmm. like nope that's not the one <laughs> yeah, it's not the right one I like this one over here better <laughs> okay so what do you like to listen to while quilting uh, light jazz, um, the tenors, the Olivo, things like that. Something with a bit of an upbeat to it. Okay. And what is on your design wall right now? My ice dyed fabric. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Actually, what should be up there is a piece that I'm working on uh, where I'm trying a totally different technique. I had a photograph with an older couple standing in front of their huge mansion and figured by the time I got the people up to the size that I would need them to be, this would be gigantic. I don't have a big enough design wall. So I decided to create the pattern and stitch the whole thing. So I've got like a line drawing of the whole thing. And then I'm going to add some color and some fabric to it. Big experiment. Oh, that sounds great. And it sounds like you're stretch. Yeah, you're stretching yourself yeah. to try something yeah. new, right? Yeah. 
That was so fun. I love doing the lightning round. So thank you for taking on that challenge. Um, so let's talk about this past year and a half. So it has been a strange year for everyone. So how has your quilting world shifted over the pandemic? I spend a lot of time online. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had my big online course anyway. So that was online, but uh, it was looking to doing more and more online. Uh, so I'm even now looking at some of my smaller in-person courses, shifting those to on-demand courses, uh, filming them mm -hmm. and getting those up as well. Yeah. And that'll be really nice because then people can just purchase the course and then they'll have it and yeah. then they can just take it whenever they want and they can refer back to it and they don't have to feel stressed about asking questions live. So that's great. I like the idea of on demand. So I've already mentioned your website, mm -hmm. ValerieWilsonArtist.com. So I really suggest everybody dive in there to look at Val's teaching tab, the blog, her hand dyed fabrics and the kit that goes with the book, including mm -hmm. the fabric. So Val, where can people connect with you on social media? I have a Facebook page, uh, Creating Fiber Art with Valerie Wilson. And I also okay. have the Fabric Faces group. And then, of course, if you're thinking about taking a course or getting the book, that kit that goes along with it is really helpful, right? Because mm -hmm. it has all the yeah. fabrics. So what's all in that kit? Uh, we've got the fabric. We've got the uh, full-size pattern. Uh, a circle template to help with the eyes, uh, pigment pen again to help with creating the eyes, uh, grayscale, uh, color wheel, a uh, pair of the curved tip snips. Oh, that's great. That's like a comprehensive kit. And um, some of the binding clips, the little ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a really good kit to go along with the book or mm -hmm. the course. Okay, great. So you can also find Val's gallery on the website which includes her art with portraits of children, of nature, and the hockey boys. I forgot to talk yeah. about the hockey boys. So <laughs> let's tell me about the hockey boys. That's a great, that's a great Canadian kind of one. That was an exciting one to do. It was the first time I tried doing one with three people in it, which was ah. definitely a big challenge. I loved, uh, picked that one because of the differences again between the three boys and but they're all outfitted somewhat similarly in hockey uniforms. Yeah. So there was that kind of feel of this is kind of a down home hockey team. And in the original photo, of course, they were standing in front of a brick building, which was very boring. So I created a, a more of a winter um, kind of ice looking background to go with them. And uh, that was an interesting one because when I, got it all done. I'm standing back and I'm just so excited. I've got the whole top done. And I looked at it and one guy's tilting a bit out to one side. <laughs> I, I thought, oh, no, it can't be. And the pattern had shifted just ever so slightly and I hadn't noticed. So it was figuring out how do I slice the whole thing very oh, carefully wow. and rotate. Can I? <laughs> in the first place, yeah. rotate that guy in so that he's upright. Thankfully, it was only about an inch or so, but I did it uh, and I quilted it and I submitted it to um, a show for Studio Art Quilt Associates, SACWA, out of the US. Yeah. They were having their first Canadian only uh, exhibit called Color with the U, which was focusing on Canadian uh, theme and submitted the Hockey cool. Boys and it was accepted. So it's in a touring exhibit touring around Canada which is very exciting. Oh, that's so great. So 
it's actually like physically in this group of quilts that's mm-hmm. yeah. being mailed all over Canada. So yeah. oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah. It's so nice always to be in a Canadiana kind of challenge. Right? It is. Really <laughs> okay. So just to sort of recap that. So your Facebook group is called Fabric Faces and you go live once a week mm-hmm. and you even have, you have events and things to do there and you announce everything there, right? Yeah. Okay, great. So let's do, let's talk a little bit about the podcast giveaway. Mm -hmm. So the giveaway this week is so great. Val is giving away your choice. So when you're the winner, you get to choose from two things. It's either two pieces of snow dyed fabric, which is gorgeous, of course, and you'll see photos of that, or the set of skin tone fabric that goes with the book Quilted Faces. Now, if you love making portraits, the skin tones are essential and hard to come by. So that's actually, you know, a really good um, prize. So enter the contest make sure the contest runs for five days once this podcast airs on tuesday it runs for five days till this sunday and i do the giveaways every sunday now as we wrap up this podcast val what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today if you're thinking about doing a portrait jump in with both feet you know and realize that your first one is not going to be the best it's going to look good, but your next, the second and third will be just that little bit better as you refine your skills, but just jump in. There's no other way of doing it. You just have to get your feet wet. Yeah, that's such great advice. Um, so Val, thank you so much for being on the show. It has been such a pleasure to interview a friend. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here today to talk about portraits. So thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you very much. So that was my show with fiber artist Valerie Wilson. As her fiber art friend over the years, I have watched her skill for creating photo-to-fiber art pieces continuously grow. The joy in her portrait explorations has not only remained constant, but has absolutely consumed her with a passion. She shares a wonderful sense of history in her portrait choices and has shown her fiber art in galleries and quilt shows across Canada and around the world. Her new book is the perfect mix of technique and inspiration and was a natural next step after her popular online fabric portraits course. When you work through the pages, you'll clearly see her passion for portraits and fiber art, and you just may become hooked on portraits for years to come. It was really fun today to explore the topic of portraits with Val. Now, don't forget, I love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime. Write a review or share this podcast. The kindest thing you can do for me is to introduce me to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.